This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. Welcome to November. Hi. Hello. I'm not going to talk about the date. I'm not going to talk about the date. I saw um, a really funny... God, what did we do without the internet and memes and gifts and funny we tweets? We lived our lives. There's one I read today. Our friend Jess posted it. <laughs> it's, it made me think of me last week and actually this entire the past two months is... If we can just get through this month, we only have one more month to go before we need to get through another month. <laughs> that was from at old friend 99, Josh so Letterman. True. If we can just get through this month, we only have one. And so it just made me think about like the passage of time and how hard it is for me right now to stay present because to have like that looming thing with cadet, which is getting more intense every day. And my tip and trick for the hot tip I'm doing for myself right now is truly just being like, just stay present. Do not think ahead. Because if I think too much about it, it's just making me sick to my stomach. And I did have a dream. I did have a good dream a couple nights ago, which by the way, I've been sleeping like a champ. Thanks to Ned. We'll get there in a second. I had a dream that Cadet was at turn-in, and it was a really positive dream, and I'm just taking that. Like, I even if it means nothing, I'm just, I'm like grasping at straws here to make it not as painful to let her go. <laughs> it totally means something if you want it to, Joy. Yes, it's true. It's very true. And so we have three going away parties for her this week with like the donor, the gal who named her, because um, we keep in touch with her. And our puppy raiser community, and then our neighbors and her sisters coming over, cadet sisters coming over. So we're having like a neighborhood little goodbye party this weekend. So it's going to be really, really good. Ah, cadet. I know. Um, do you remember that? I mean, obviously, you remember the episode of Girls Know Why that we did with Michelle, the medium, and mm-hmm. where we talked about like that I personally don't really believe in like signs from the universe. Right. And I also really don't hold it against anyone else or like I'm not going to argue with someone about whether or not something's true because like or whether or not those types of capital U universe things are true because at the end of the day it mean it's meaningful to you if you believe it's meaningful to you you it's, can have those moments you can have those signs from the universe if you if you need them if you want them yeah exactly and everyone's going to make fun of me right now and I don't even care but I do listen to I do love the Long Island Medium I do love Teresa Caputo and I do listen to her podcast every week even though half the time it really is just a conversation for her and that person, like in terms of the person that is on the other end of that phone call really gets this special, special gift. It's amazing to listen to her channel. This is not a dig on her at all, but she ends up using just like the same language all the time just to communicate the same kind of message overall theme is always the same. And (laughs) it made me think of, she's so cute. Every time she'll say something like, if you see a symbol or something that's meaningful to you, she always says, it means that your loved one was with you at that exact moment. (laughs) She says it in this like East Coast accent. (laughs) Your loved one was with you at that exact moment. And I always say that to my mom because we, (laughs) we always talk about signs from our loved ones. And I'm like, mom, it means they're with you at that exact moment. 
speaking of like making meaning out of things that you just kind of have to, I think it just matters that it does something for you is I think of an example from this summer that I was very, I was struggling with just my next step and what I wanted to do. And I kept seeing this freaking butterfly hanging out around my house every single day. The same butterfly would come over and hang out with us when we were playing with the dogs. And by hang out, I mean, it would just like fly right in front of my face. And then it would just like hang out on a tree. Because we saw it every single day, it became this joke between my neighbor and I were like, where's the butterfly? So I took meaning from that of like, things are going to be okay, because I had to and it meant something to me. And I don't care if it was just like a butterfly flying around. (laughs) It meant something to me. And it kept me going. Honestly, I feel like there is so much to that. And there's so much to any type of like spirituality, ritual, you know, any of that. Like if you want it to be meaningful, it is. And I think that the cool thing about that is that it kind of goes both ways. Like if you're seeing something, you know, if you have a dream or you're seeing a butterfly or whatever in your life and like there's something that comes to mind and you want it to be meaningful, then it is. And also you can make things meaningful just because you want them to be in the other direction. Like you can create a ritual where there wasn't a meaningful thing before. Or you can, you know, create and like a give more, give meaning to a piece of jewelry or, you know, create like a little altar or whatever, you know, create meaning around a candle or anything you want. I mean, if you see my desk right now, as you're talking, I'm like, my desk is full of things that are full of meaning. (laughs) And it's just, it is a mess. And Scott makes fun of me, but I'm like, no, there's so many little tchotchkes on my desk and cards and things that. When I look at it, it has meaning and it reminds me of that person that gave that to me or whatever. But this also reminds me of the conversation we had with Casper making rituals, which by the way, you can still get his ritual planner, daily ritual planner. I think about that conversation all the time. I think if you guys still haven't read that book, it's or listened to the book. It's so interesting. And it's called The Power of Ritual. If you go back um, around this time last year, we had him on the podcast. His name is Casper Turkile. Um, He also hosts the podcast, Harry Potter, or used to host the podcast, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. But this book was so, so, so interesting. And I think about that a lot around this time of year, especially as we're like going in the holidays. It was just Halloween. And I, after that conversation with Casper, I started learning more about my like Celtic ancestry and learned a lot about Halloween in like, so a lot of um, Celtic rituals became what is now known as like pagan and Wiccan rituals. And so the um, October 31st, the last day of October in that time frame is like the end of harvest festival in the Celtic tradition. Or, and it's also the new year festival. And it's also pretty much like so many of those, I mean, Halloween in America draws from a lot of different historical ancestral rituals, but it has a lot of components of what we consider to be Halloween. And you also see the same theme in Dia de los Muertos, where there's just the belief that like the physical world and the spiritual world are as close as they ever get on that night. And so I was reading a lot about that on Halloween and just kind of thinking about, you know, that belief of like that there are different times throughout the year where maybe our ancestors are more available to us. And I don't know really really that I believe that, but it's cool to think about. And just because I don't believe it doesn't mean it's not like interesting and cool to think about and interesting and cool to like 
connect with that cycle of rituals and of beliefs. And like, I was looking at, okay, how do you create like a little altar for the batter? You know, and it's like, go get a jar and fill it with some dirt to symbolize the earth and some leaves to symbolize the changing of the season and a black candle to symbolize like your, the spirits. And it's just really interesting. And I think that as we go into the holidays, like last year, I know we asked a lot of people, you know, what are some of your favorite traditions that you either have or things you want to do? And I think that was a cool thing and has been a cool thing about the pandemic and people being at home more is being able to focus more on that. And I'm trying to, I've like been trying to think about again, like as we're going into the holidays, what type of holiday traditions do I want to make for my kids? And that's also super fun. Yeah. Well, you think about belief in children and how children believe in magic and how children like that's I think why it's so fun to talk to kids about Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny or just watching movies that have magic and I think that's why even adults still love Disneyland at least I do (laughs) it's like because that whole magical wonder is so fun to believe in just because it's fun it's fun to think of characters walking around. It's fun to go into the haunted mansion and see that there are there really ghosts. I just it's wonder. It's something that you kind of make up in your head, maybe. But to think that there might be something out there is just really exciting. And I think we all experience and express it in different ways, whether you talk about in the religious sense I think I've talked about this. I talked about this on the Casper episode of how important it was to me when I was traveling, when I was in college, or even when I would go visit friends in the States, but I was traveling abroad in college and I would go to Catholic churches because it felt like home, even though I, maybe I wasn't necessarily practicing a practicing Catholic. Going to Mass felt like home because that is what I was raised on and just the ritual of mass is the exact same no matter where you go. So in a different language, just kind of having the ritual and routine was like, I don't know what they're saying, but I know exactly what's going on. I think that's just really important for each person. I know that that is very personal to each individual. So I think it's really cool to hear about people's traditions and the things that they passed down from their families or that they decided to create with their own families, especially this time of year, because it's a holiday season and there's so much wrapped up in that. On Halloween, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, like the number one thing I looked forward to was coming home and dumping all my candy and sorting it. Yep. I did the same thing. Dumped and sorted. Yeah. I would sort mine not only by like candy, you know, like the specific types of candy, but also by like candy type. So the chocolate went on the left and then it's like slowly evolved into like hard fruit candies, like on a spectrum where like, you know, for example, like a Tootsie Roll will be in the middle because it's chocolate, but it's chewy and chewy. I think it was like more of like a fruit candy, you know, characteristic. Yes. In my opinion. Yeah. So last night we were like trying to coach Miles on sorting his candy and he didn't care. He was like, I just want to eat it. I think I did just chocolate and the rest. That's all I cared about. (laughs) Chocolate and other. We told the kids on Halloween, we were like, all right, you can have three pieces of candy before you go to bed. So Evie picked three Tootsie Roll Pops. It would have taken her a freaking hour to eat those things. I was I was thinking like, you know, three little miniature Kit Kats, which also I would like to say miniature Kit Kats are like my favorite. They're just crap. Yeah, I had one today. It's delicious. I Never in my life. Would I be like, you know what I'm going to do right now? I'm going to sit down and have five full-size Kit Kats. But I will gladly sit down and have like 12 Kit Kats. For sure. Like, minute, like it's more. It's the same amount. It's more. 
Yeah. It seems in my brain. The fun size. Ben Schwartz just did a tweet about this too. It was like the most fun size thing that has happened about some, oh God, I'm messing it up. Basically he said the most fun size, the most fun thing fun size candy did was not list the cat, the calories on it. (laughs) It's the most fun thing. Yeah, I, we don't like, need to know that. Who cares? I'll, I'll sit down and I'm like, after eating a bunch of Kit Kats, I'm like, why do I feel so bad? And I'm like, oh, it's because I just sat down and just inhaled the equivalent of like four full size Kit Kat bars which right. in my normal human life, my normal adult life. Yeah, I'd be like, Claire, this can make you feel like crap. It's like wine tasting. Tiny, it's yes, like wine tasting. Exactly like wine tasting or like getting a beer flight where you're like, why am I drunk? It's like, oh, Claire, because you just drank the equivalent of six beers, <laughs> totally. but they were in tiny glasses. <laughs> It happens so same. fast. It just this happens so fast. also why like, I feel like people get so full without realizing it on sushi. Yep. Because you're like, it's just a tiny, just like a, a tiny single, little roll and you just keep eating thing. them. You just pop those in your mouth and you're like, Next I thing can you know, eat so many. Next thing you know, you've had like two cups of rice. Yeah. How does that happen? So like sushi, I feel like that happens. I feel like cereal, you could just keep eating cereal and never really get full. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Do you remember that Mitch Hedberg joke about spaghetti? He was like, I'm never hungry enough. He's like, I don't like spaghetti because I'm never hungry enough to eat a thousand of something. <laughs> oh, oh, Mitch. Mitch. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah, it was so funny when Evie was like, we were like, hey, you can have three pieces of candy. And Evie, you know, she's two and a half. So she's not like, let's say that rules don't really make a lot of sense to her yet. Or if we were to say like, you can have three pieces of candy, you know, Miles is like, okay. And immediately starts like searching through and she's like, oh, three and just picks up three. You know, she was so like, about these Tootsie Rolls. And then it was like, you can't have three Tootsie Roll Pops. It's going to take you an hour. And so I was trying to explain this to her and she's looking at me like, mom, you said three. Yeah. Like those are the rules. And it just kicked off. Honestly, the hardest thing about Halloween is trying to put your kids to bed after Halloween, after trick-or-treating. And so much activity. They're just wound up. activity. They're completely out of their routine. Like, what other night of your life do you get just, like, dinner end and then you, like, get dressed up, go walk around your neighborhood? So fun. Okay, this, this brought back such fun memories when I was a kid because our dining room table faced... It was like in the front of the house, so the front window in the kitchen faced the street. So we could see all the kids hanging out outside, and we'd be sitting at the dinner table, and my dad would like shut the blinds. He's like, we're having dinner without interruption. (laughs) And then we'd be like, but Cindy's outside. And we're like, you know, so then on, especially on Halloween, we would barely sit down like half a butt cheek on the seat and like hurry up and eat our food so we can get outside. But I have to recap just for the fans, the neighborhood party we had with Pablo the pig. So if you're not following along on Instagram, which is at joy and Claire underscore, I will on occasion post pictures and stories of our neighborhood pig Pablo. So our neighbors have, I think it's three Jack Russell Terriers, and then they have Pablo the pig. Pablo the pig, he likes visitors. So the neighborhood, I've said this before, the neighbors put They kind of built up a fence where it's almost like a petting zoo where you can just go visit Pablo. You can feed him vegetables, say hi, whatever. So he's kind of like turned into this neighborhood celebrity. And this year, the neighbors decided to have a party, pumpkin carving party for Pablo. So they had like a bouncy castle castle for the kids. They had candy apples. They had pizza, the whole nine. Music, 
fire pit, hay bales to sit on. It was great. It was so much fun. The whole neighborhood. It was like Pablo Fest, basically. It was Pablo Fest 1000%. So I got my werewolf onesie. I was all excited. Scott and I walk over there. I see all the neighbors that I knew. I started talking to them. The bouncy castle's going. It's like this huge spaceship. I'm like, where's Pablo? Because I didn't see him in the pen. And my neighbor, Lisa, turns around. She's like, oh, he's right there. And it was like, I looked through the crowd and like the sea parts. And he's sitting in his basket because they also have a Pablo mobile. It's like a, it's a huge bicycle with a huge built-on cage to, to take because him on Pablo bike rides. Like oh, he's 120 guy. pounds. Yeah, he's pretty big for like a... I guess, I, I think he's like pop belly size. I don't know much about pigs, but he's not like a huge hog. But he's, I want to say 120 is what I overheard. So he was sitting in his little basket, just sitting there with an octopus costume on. And I about lost my marbles. I was just, I mean, I was beside myself. So anyway, they lined up all the pumpkins that the whole neighborhood carved pumpkins for Pablo and they lined them up all in a circle or they put them in a circle. Everyone stood behind their pumpkin and then Pablo, they lifted him out of his little cage and then he went and picked his pumpkin and the winner was a pumpkin. It was like genius. The family had carved like a little piggy face and then put an apple as the nose. So he went, Claire, your idea was right. I should have done like filled it with something. Anyway, to be fair, too, he kind of like sauntered that way right away when he got out of his basket. So the, uh, any of us on the other side were like screwed. But and he was like, I meant to be. I meant to. Yeah, he's here. like, I'm going over here. And then immediately he saw the apple and he bit into it and then they won. And it was just so cute. And then I got to be the judge for the costume contest. And then the kids got like little stuffed piggies. And the two costumes that I thought were the best was one little girl was dressed up like the uh, queen on Alice in Wonderland, and she had the cutest outfit. So I picked her, and then I picked this other little kid that was dressed as a minion, and he got so excited when I picked him, and it was like the cutest thing ever. (laughs) The whole night was just like, I, this needs to be my Halloween every year or nothing, because I I quit after that. Yeah, it was so pure. So that was my Halloween. And then I went home and handed out candy. And then we also watched Friday the 13th. No, we watched, what's the Freddy Krueger dream? Is it Friday the 13th? What did we watch? What is that? Nightmare on Elm Street. Thank you. Nightmare on on Elm Street. We watched the original, which isn't really that scary. It's just very like, it's very 80s scary. So I'm glad that I checked that off my list because I felt like I was doing a disservice to the 80s because I'd never saw Nightmare on Elm Street. But I wasn't really allowed to watch like super I didn't want to watch super scary movies as like even as a teenager so that was our night yay Halloween my favorite costume I sent you that I saw on Instagram was the Michael Myers Briggs oh my god that was so freaking funny tell please describe okay guys so in case you're like me and you're like Myers Briggs that sounds familiar it's like you know the ENFJ personality deep deep very involved personality type test yeah and they somebody was dressed up as Michael Myers Briggs so he was Mike Myers with God. like the mask and the oh jumpsuit. God. But then on the back side of the jumpsuit, it said ENFP because obviously he loves people. <laughs> it was so <laughs> And he had a little funny. name tag that said Briggs on it. It was so Myers That was my oh. favorite pun that was costume genius. I've ever seen. I've, yeah, I've never laughed so hard when you sent that. I was just dying. So if you good. guys have, if you saw some good pun costumes, please send them our way. I love a pun costume. I really, yes. I mean, so I love watching people's brains come up with like 
the most amazing costumes that you're like, that is hilarious. Michael Myers-Briggs. Hilarious. Please call us and tell us how you came up with that. So today was my first day at my new job. Congratulations and tell us about it. Um, So today, obviously we're recording on Monday. I started my new job today. Here are some dispatches from onboarding remotely. Good, because I have to start. I have to do that in like like three weeks. weeks. (laughs) It's a lot. It's fine. It's just like, it's weird so far because... Well, also because my boss is off these like the next couple of days, which also happened to be the last time I joined a new company. My boss just like happened to have some PTO when I joined. So the weird thing about it is I feel like when you are onboarding, those first couple of days are pretty slow. But when you're at the office, you can kind of fill that time by just like, hey, you know, if you have 30 minutes, can you come over here and like walk me through how to put in a purchase order or walk me through how to invoice something or walk me through how to load this thing into the database, you know, whatever, insert example for your profession. But when you're working remotely, you don't have those opportunities to just sort of like grab people when you're downtime. And so everything is a lot more formal. And it's also, it'll be interesting. Like once I really get more in the groove of the actual things I'm doing, instead of just going into like new higher orientation, Zoom jail will be those moments of being like, oh my gosh, I remember that they explained how to do this. And I don't remember what to do next, like what the next step is and not being able to just like lean over to the person next to you and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Can you show me this one more time? Right. So yeah, it's it's a little weird. Um, Do you have like Teams group or Slack or anything to kind of just chat with all your coworkers? No, they use Zoom chat. Oh, what? What? <laughs> I know they have Teams, but they don't use it. They use it as like a basically as like a way to get stuff on SharePoint. So anyway, but wait, Zoom chat doesn't anyway. Zoom has like a chat when you open it. It but has like a, like an ongoing forever and ever. You can use it forever. Yeah, not just oh. when you're in. Not just when you're in the meeting. Because like, right, we're all familiar with the chat function when you're in the meeting. Right. But there's also in like, if you're like an app that you you're in like have... enterprise Zoom. Oh, okay. Didn't if you know have that. like a corporate Zoom account. Yeah. I think so. ours is going to be on Slack. So I'm very excited. I thought we were on Slack, but no. And my last company was on Teams, which I also is also fine. So anyway, um, you know, that is what it is. But it's just, it's, it's interesting. It just felt like today felt very, I don't want to say disorganized because the things that I did, the meetings that I did have were very well organized, very to the point, you know, had clear, like, this is what you're going to accomplish in this meeting. Here's what we're going to teach you. Here's what you're going to learn. But my downtime has just been like the Jeopardy theme song. I'm like, I guess I could clean the kitchen. I don't know. Yeah. I anticipate that my first week too, because it's, it's, They've already told me there's certain meetings that I attend. But other than that, I'm like, I'm not going to be seeing clients for at least until they get me onboarded. So I'm going to have a lot of downtime, which is fine. It's like ease into it. But still, it's hard to get used to because usually at work, you're like, oh, I'm going to get my office put together. Oh, I'm going to go check out the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. And right. At least, oh, at least I know I'm going to go out to lunch with my team. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. Like, no. So that's been weird. I feel like the, you know, the requisite first day lunch with your team, I definitely um, wish that I was going to have, but like, I do have to go. So the office, their office is technically located in Denver and their office is still completely closed. They're anticipating potentially opening it in January, but everyone I've talked to is like, it probably won't like that'll probably get pushed. But even once the office is open, I still won't be going in every day by any means. Like my team, um, is going to remain remote slash hybrid. And so it's just interesting because I know Joy's going to edit what out, edit that out, but I just have I, like a big mid sentence yawn. I think 
That's the first time I've ever seen you yawn while you were recording. I'm, I'm tired. I'm like, I'm sorry to bore you, Claire. No, I'm just It's kidding. like when your AirPods are running out of battery, they're like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that noise. That's right. like the weirdest noise. Ever. And it like startles me every single time. Yeah. I'm like, how dare you? I feel like that's what my body just said. I was like, ding, 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 ding. No, nope. <laughs> That's a great sound effect for your weight <laughs> just happened. Okay, back okay. to my first date. But anyway, it's. I think, you know, I'm excited for the job. I'm excited. It's, um, you know, to kind of get up and running. And it's just weird to be in that, in like on remote onboarding where that dead time truly is like, hello. <laughs> just, it, just like, I'm still here. Is everyone okay? Anything that I'm still for here? me? Yeah. Yeah. You need anything? Snacks? Snacks? Condoms? condoms. <laughs> That's a Mean Girls reference. I'm not yeah, please. offering condoms to no. my coworkers. Please don't no. call each other. Please do not call each other. But it's but I'm excited. It's been good. Like it was nice over the weekend to not have anything I had to get done. You know, like there was nothing in the back of my mind until I remember that I never submitted my final expense report. So I'm gonna have to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I had to go to Whoopsie. Vegas like yes. two days before I left. Kind of a big expense. <laughs> yeah, I got it. But anyway, so yeah, it's been um, it's been a good first. It was a good first day, and yeah, I'm excited for it. It's I think the biggest thing that I let me see. I feel like it's weird to talk about salary, and obviously, I'm not going to use like like real numbers. The big thing that I think is so interesting about this job is that I'm making twice as much as I was at my last job. The reason that I bring that up is because at my previous job, it was one of those places that has a great culture, very open door policy. There's a lot of a lot of perks, and you know they're kind of known for not paying all that well. And then to go to another job where there's also a great culture and a lot of perks and a super competitive salary, just really to me makes me realize that like it's not all about money it you know never is all about money but money matters also and if you have ever thought to yourself like oh there's no such thing as making as much as i want to make at a workplace that's not going to completely ruin my life i would challenge that a lot like i think that you know granted i've only worked here for one day but i know a lot of people who also work for this company that have nothing but amazing things to say about their culture. So I'm really hopeful. I mean, I'm excited about that for me. I'm saying it also as like a a challenge to anyone out there who thinks that they can't get paid more or that if they want to get paid more, they're going to have to sacrifice the quote unquote perks. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think mm, this is like, I, I feel like this could be a conversation for like a whole five episodes because there's so much wrapped up in this too of education and networking and who you know. And I think I because I, I can just hear people just being like, yeah, but which I understand. I also think I'm very aware because I'm reading the book made right now that I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's just a lot of uh, inequity in pay in a lot of areas. But just on the larger scale, generally speaking, yes, because in my last position, I felt the same way where I'm like, oh, I had limiting beliefs around it. Because in behavioral health, you just kind of settle for a quote unquote, I'm saying this totally quote unquote, like life of poverty, because uh, it's usually seen that if you work in behavioral health, you're not paid a lot. And I think that it really, it really depends on a lot of factors. But I think it's you, you can make money in this field. And you don't have to settle for culture work cultures that are toxic. And I'm speaking from my previous place of employment. And now I'm in a space where I'm like, oh, 
They have really competitive pay. They walk the walk. And granted, I haven't started yet. But again, I reached out to people who were like, this is the first place that I actually feel like it checks all the boxes to just keep looking, even if you're not in a place to leave your current role, just to keep looking. And I think that there's a lot of benefit to to that. If you want to. Right. Yeah. yeah, If you want to. but I think yeah, that's you. important to talk about. And I've talked um, to School of Betty all the time, the the gal who runs School of Betty, Bree, because and maybe we should have her on another time just to talk about money, because it doesn't, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be the main thing, but you can get to a point where you're like, and I really just want to be able to pay my bills and not stress about paycheck to paycheck every month. So larger conversation for a different day. But I think that's important for you to bring up because it is like something that is okay for us to strive for. And and I, I want to make it more okay to talk about, you know, I think that that's the other huge thing is that particularly women, we feel very like, shh, 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 shh. you know, you're not supposed to ask about how much people, how much money people make. You're not supposed to talk about it. Um, It's rude. You know, like I just think we're always doing ourselves an, a disservice if we're not talking about wanting money because it makes you feel like you're not allowed to want more. And if you exactly. are you're being selfish, if you are, you're, you know, not grateful for what you have. We talked about that. You know, we've talked about kind of that. What's what I'm looking for that fallacy of like, just if you are looking for something else, it means you're not grateful for what you have. Right. Right. And that that's a belief that a lot of us grew up with. And that that is something that we really have to be intentional about challenging in a variety of places in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, just because you want something more doesn't necessarily mean that you're ungrateful for what you do have. It just means that, like, yeah, I want what I, I like, what I have, and I want more of it, or I like what I have, but I want something different. And it's okay. And being confident to ask. A lot of the times when I was in a position where I'm like, oh, I want to ask for a raise or I want to ask for more money, I would think, what would a male do in this situation? And when I was applying to the current company that I'm going to be working for, I asked about, I just asked some questions. I don't, I guess I don't want to give details about it, but I just, I asked some questions just around like either raises or bonuses or something along those lines. And they were like, well, we, we don't do that because of, we want to, we're very committed to pay equity and making sure that every person is paid within the same range, whether whatever gender you are. And I really respect that. And I think that that's another reason why I love, well, it's a double-edged sword with Colorado being with pay transparency where they're listing salaries or required to list. They're required to list the salaries. Yeah. And then then companies outside of the state that don't want to do that are like, and if you're from Colorado, you can't apply. Yeah. You can't apply, which I think is so silly, but I appreciate that also because that is where we're trying to And that tells make you it. right then and there, yes. in my opinion, everything yeah. you need to know about that company. Totally. And I remember I think- seeing a job from Nike where it was like, yeah, Colorado, don't apply. And I was like, Nike, do better. You do just better, had Nike. the whole thing with mm-hmm. the whole thing with Alice and Felix. Yeah. I know. It, ugh, I know. it drives me crazy. So I'm like, Nike, do better. Anyway. Just do better. Even just Nike. Be yeah. Just do no, better. You didn't get my just do it pun. I did get it. Okay. Just yeah, making sure. I got it. Just I was like, sure. just do it better. Better. But I think, I think the but, moral of my story is be be confident and ask for what you want. I know it's easier and said than also, done. And also there is, and I want to go back to what you said earlier, like I'm not, I don't want to take away from the fact that there are a lot of real barriers out there for people. And I think without minimizing that reality, there is also the point I'm just trying to make is like, there is such a thing, there might be such a thing out there for you. And there likely is such a thing out there for you as a job that pays better and has the culture that you want. It's not either or anymore. On that note, let's take a quick break 
And hear from our amazing sponsors, Ned. And by hear from them, you mean talk about them. Talk about them and rave about them. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and repeat myself because I've been using the Sleep Blend. It's a newer product. It is amazing. I've been taking it half hour before bed. I follow the instructions. You just take a little dropper under your tongue. And I sleep like a baby. Hotel sleep. I feel really good. I actually have a sleep number bed, so I check my sleep score every morning when I wake up. It's just like data. And I've been getting amazing sleep. So please support the podcast by supporting our great sponsors, Ned. We both use it. We both love it. If you guys go to our Instagram, I did like one of those like reels last week where I point to words and I was like, oh, only for Ned would I make a reel like that. Um, If you're not familiar with CBD, I explain a little bit about it in the caption of that post. Also, just as a reminder, you can go to helloned.com, go to their FAQ page. They answer a ton of questions about CBD, about using CBD, about what it's used for, who can use it, how it works. And so go to their website, check that out. They have a lot of awesome educational information on there. One thing that we love about Ned is that they third-party test every single batch of all of their products. So unlike a lot of other CBD companies, which will put averages of the content of each of their products on the label, they actually third-party test every single batch. And so you know exactly what you're getting and it's third-party verified, meaning that it's not just them tooting their own horns. So it's a really objective look into exactly what you're getting in the product, which is so important. Anytime you're taking something that's a supplement, which CBD is you know, just another herb and botanical, it's just another type of supplement. And when we look at that, you know, when we think about it that way, we really are thinking about the quality. We're thinking about the sourcing. We're thinking about that third-party testing. And we love Ned for providing all of that right on their website. If you want to try the new de-stress blend from Ned or the Sleep Blend, a brand that we love and trust, we have a special code for our audience. Every order over $40 qualifies for 15% off, plus a free de-stress blend sample. Go to helloned.com forward slash joy or enter joy at checkout to take advantage of this offer. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash joy to get 15% off plus a free de-stress blend sample on any order over $40. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our podcast and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Thank you, Ned. So next, do we want to talk a little bit about like stuff? No. (laughs) little. Do we want to dip the toe into the diet culture or do we want to have a little update on just November being a really big month? (laughs) I mean, Which I feel way like do we related. want to go? I feel like they're related. So a couple of weeks ago, we did, we talked about how diet culture is coming. The holiday diet culture is coming for you and for me and for everyone. A piece of that conversation, though, that we often hear from you guys, but don't always really address because it's so com- complex, is the question of like, but what if I want to lose weight? What if I want to go on a diet? What if I want to take up a physique course? What if I want to run a marathon every day for the next hundred days? What if insert goal in here? Oh, I'm getting a visitor. Hi, sweetie pie. We talk a lot about, you know, avoiding diets and not being made to feel like you have to go on a challenge or that you have to, you know, worry about your holiday eating or, you know, winter layer or whatever it may be. One thing that we don't talk a lot about, but that we get a lot of questions and comments about are people saying like, 
okay, I get it. I don't have to buy into diet culture. I don't have to shrink my body. I don't have to do these things. But what if I want to? What if I want to go on a diet? What if I do have physique goals? What if I want to lose weight? You know, what if I can accept the fact that maybe I don't need to quote unquote do it for my health, but I just want to do it? There's a little Evie um, feedback in the background. It smells good. So what if I want to do it? Is there a healthy way? In the immortal words of our friend, Laura Lagos, I think the answer is it depends. Yeah, it depends. I was just going to say that. And But I do think you know there is space for that. There is totally space for you wanting to you know do a challenge just for the sake of having some routine in your life or try different things with your diet just for the sake of getting information about your body. And she's sitting on my lap. So if you hear any small voices, that's what's going on. You're not hallucinating. I've been thinking about that because like recently, I mean, I've talked about this a million times. I feel I don't like working from home. It feels very isolating to me. It, you know, it zaps my energy. And one of the biggest things that helps is getting really regular movement. But it's so easy for me to talk myself out of that because of just the busyness of my day. The fact that there's a two-year-old on my lap right now, just, you know, there's a million reasons that I can talk myself out of it every single day and not even like making quote unquote, making excuses or taking rest or, you know, like these, the reasons that I'm not doing, it don't fall into any of those categories. It's just like, I just talk myself out of it. And so can I combat that by setting a goal and saying, okay, I want to work out three times a week for the rest of the year. Or, you know, we're going into the darker time of the year where that's, you know, it's harder to feel energetic anyway. So can I set a goal to like help myself with that? Then though, I hear those voices in my head that are like, don't do it, Claire. You don't have to do a program. And I don't know. It's like this weird kind of reverse. I think the diet culture has so been kind of the big bad monster for years and years and years and years. And I, okay, so I can see that we don't ever want to fall into... Actually, I think each person is going to handle this differently, but we just don't want to fall into a trap where we're hating ourselves and doing it from a place of hate. But like with anything in our life that we use, quote unquote, use, whether it be a substance or food or exercise, there's really nothing wrong with exercise. There's nothing wrong with food. There's nothing wrong with substances. It's our relationship to it. And so if you have a relationship that is like, I have to do this, or I have to do this because I'm such a horrible person, or I have to do it to fit into whatever jeans or piece of clothing because... I don't like how I look. I hate, you know, there's, I feel like the narrative around it is what I personally have an issue with because I just want everybody to be happy. And whether you exercise or not, it doesn't have to be in your life. So I think that, you know, to quote Laura Ligos again, she would say it depends. For someone who has a history with eating disorders, it might be something to say, well, let's maybe work with a therapist on that or not. It's not our job to police that. I think especially with like a recent post that we made a comment on, someone's like, and you don't have to comment about that because they're making a choice. But kind of where I had an issue with this particular post was like, and this person is kind of stepping out of their lane. I have an issue with that because I think it'd be harmful to others. So to each his own, but especially with influencers, and we've said this before, when they take a stance and they act as a professional, that they can guide people to weight loss, I think that's a big problem. I think that is a huge problem that feeds into the diet industry. And I have a problem with the diet industry and the messages that it feeds. 
that is that is separate from just exercising and wanting to live a life that makes you feel good in whatever way that looks. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, where is it coming from? What is the what is the motivation behind it? And really, only you can tell that for yourself. But like, is this coming from a healthy place? Are you in a place mentally where you can actually accurately judge if it's a healthy place? So I think just going into this season <laughs> is just to be mindful of that and to remind yourself that you don't have to change your body if you if that's a goal of yours. We can't police the internet as much as I want to say, please just don't feed into the diet culture, but move your body if it feels good. I try to, my rule of thumb every morning when I wake up is what do I feel like doing? If I feel like doing nothing, I do nothing. If I feel like moving, I move. And there's no you should, there's no schedule. Every once in a blue moon, I think about running a race again. And I don't have rules around that either. I just think that might be fun, but I'm not sure if it's the best for my body. And I think back to like what happened with Graves. You know, so I think these are all thoughts that I still have. I don't feel negative about it and I don't feel the shoulds around it. And I think that's just what's the difference between like the old me and the new me. Something you said there too about, you know, waking up and kind of just asking your body, what does it need? It also reminded me of a question we get a lot about people who are starting intuitive eating, which is like, well, if I'm going to intuitively eat, then that just means I'm going to eat a whole cake every day. Like for some people, if you were to say, well, only exercise if you feel like it, they'd be like, well, then I'm never going to leave the couch. And sometimes that's how I feel is like, if I waited to want to exercise, I would never exercise. And, but then if I'm honest with myself, I do feel my best when I'm getting movement. And so how do I reconcile those two, those two beliefs? The way that I reconcile them is realizing that like, actually, if it was up to me, I would want to move my body. Maybe it wouldn't be, you know, to do a yoga class on an app or something, but like, I would want to move. And those, my preferred types of movement are not always available to me because they're logistically intensive to get out of the house and go hiking or whatever. So what can I do? in place of that, that is in my garage, that might not be my first choice, but that still accomplishes that goal. And so I think for me, I struggle a lot more with that mindset than I do with any type of mindset around food. And yeah, it's definitely just a conversation (laughs) I have with myself constantly. I think we can all relate to that. And I think, okay, so let's just be our assignment for this community is for everybody to Send us your thoughts and feelings of maybe stuff that's coming up around the holiday season that we can all start this dialogue together of it doesn't have to be black or white. And if you're struggling with something around diet culture, or if you're like, yeah, I'm really struggling because I do want to lose weight, or I want to gain weight, or I want to change the look of my body. I think it's just something that we want to talk more about because we don't want it to make, we don't want to make it like this taboo subject because I think it's nuanced and it's different for every single person um, and every single body. So I'd love to hear from what everyone is kind of either struggling with or just dealing with. And maybe it's not even a struggle. It's just something that you're kind of going through. Or maybe something comes up for you around the holidays that you want to tackle. Let's talk about it. I feel like that's kind of we're we're leaving with an open ended question. So email us, email us as an assignment. If you if you so choose, should you choose to accept it? Your mission is to email us with your thoughts about that question. All right, guys, thank you for joining us again for another week of This is Joy and Claire. Don't forget, you can listen to either of our other two podcasts, Girls Gone Wad, which is focused on health and fitness with a lot of interviews with amazing people with different expertise, expertises, expertise, expertise, different experts from around the health and fitness world. And On Your Marks Gets at Bake, which is our weekly podcast following along with the Great British Baking Show. This week, I'm supposedly going to make a baklava. So we'll see how that goes. 
<laughs> please don't forget to support our sponsor, Ned. HelloNed.com. Discount code is JOY. Thank you to Ned and thank you to you guys for supporting the brands that support our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Joy and Claire underscore. Don't forget to tag us in your Instagram stories. That is a super easy, really impactful way to get our name out there and help us continue to grow this community, continue to grow this podcast, continue to do what we love. Just get on to Instagram stories, write a little note about what you liked about this episode, tag us so we can repost it. And that is super helpful. So that is another way that you can help us out. Thank you guys so much. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye guys. Bye.